You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into another edition of This Week in UNC Baseball with head coach Scott Forbes. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Matt Clements, and that is the man in the middle, head coach Scott Forbes. Scott, get right out the gate. First of all, hope you enjoyed your Easter. It was how many times have you ever had a weekend weekend series over on Friday? That was kind of weird, right? I honestly don't know. I can't remember one. I'd have to go back and go through the schedule, at least since I've been here. I don't remember one. Um, and I don't remember many Sundays. You know, Easter Sunday. I I I remember a lot of those being on the road for some reason, being away from home and getting up and maybe going to a sunrise service and then trying to figure out a way to win a series, sweep a series, or prevent from getting swept. <laughs> let's uh, let you had two and two week again, and, and we'll talk about that preventing getting swept because Georgia Tech did the same thing Notre Dame did. But I want to ask you about. Max Carlson. We talked last week. You said you thought y'all had identified a mechanical issue or an issue with him, and then he comes out and he pitches his best game in three weeks. What'd you see working with him, and then what'd you see from him on the mound against Tech? We know Coach Gaines and I were talking after the game he pitched um, at Notre Dame, and we were like, man, like just something just seems like, you know, the ball – he had good velocity that day. So we're like, why are they, are they making such good contact? You know, it like the ball was flatter, like his arm slot was down a little bit. So coach Gaines went to work right away in the hotel, started breaking down video, started getting the information from our analytics team. Um, the two things that stood out that he, that he noticed right away, obviously, are, was his slot was dropping a little bit. So we had to get on top of the ball more to get the angle. And a lot of times the fastball away was getting hit harder than the fastball on his arm side. Um, you know, so we went back and started tracking that fastball arm side, uh, which is into righties and away to lefties. And that's a pitch that hitters just have a hard time making solid contact on. So making that adjustment, um, getting that arm up obviously helped him also with his slider when he needed it to help his change up be more consistent, helped his angle be better. And then he used the arm side side of the plate more um like he had in the past and and you know that was that's a good hitting team uh georgia tech you know may, maybe when it's all said and done one of the top in the country top to bottom you know guys off the bench and, and he he was outstanding i mean i told him afterward I was like that's what you're capable of doing against anybody in the country um and you saw i mean bobear had good stuff too but they got hits off bobear and carlson when he's on like that he's hard to to square up 
And then you've got – it's sort of like – I mean, obviously you've had a, a pretty good season thus far, but you've got – like you get one squeaky wheel and you get that fixed and then you get another squeaky wheel. What have you seen from Jake Knapp the last couple of times? He's gotten touched up a little bit after being really good early on. Yeah, you know – in this league, if you have a weakness, teams are going to figure it out. And right now, with Jake, his fastball is good. Uh, he can, you know, for the most, but the command of it has been the last two weeks average, whereas the two weeks before his fastball command was above average. And then his slider right now and his off speed has been below average, especially with the depth of it, the actual break. So what you're seeing and then the location of it. So you got to have one of the two. You either need to have a nasty all-speed pitch that's wiping hitters out, um, even though it may not be plus command, or you got to be able to control that average slider to throw it wherever you want to throw it. And he has not been able to do that, so he's been in negative counts, and hitters know a fastball has to come, and they've been making him pay for it. So we've got to work on that this week, and he's got to be able to make that adjustment for sure. Coach, so one of the really interesting things is, that, you know, seeing uh, Tomas Frick pulling an Ironman and catching both both games of the doubleheader. Yeah. He's been scuffled a little with the bat and ACC play, batting 192. How's he holding up physically? But, you know, he still leads the team, obviously, with 39 base hits. Yeah, he's fine. Um, that doubleheader that day, you know, was the only way if he caught was Grants is out because Grants, you know, has a – he broke a rib when he got hit by that pitch. Um, but we could have called somebody else, but we just felt like, the, you know, Alberto is finally – getting over his slump to keep him in there. You got to catch Frick. Um, you know, we had not – we had played a lot of baseball, but we knew that we were now in the four games a week, and just, it was what was best for our team. Um, and we talk about it all the time because him and Teal played together at Virginia, and uh, he's catching every game and Frick's catching every game. And to be able to do that, you have to take care of yourself. And that's the biggest difference I've noticed in Tomas. He's just more mature and he takes care of himself. If you take care of yourself, you can do that. Like I've seen guys be able to do like, do that like a Mark Flurry and a Jacob Stallings. Looking, also look at it, how Cook is now sixth in the ACC in batting average at 383 and Vander Brakes 13th at 375. Can you talk about how the ACC has had a hard time catching up with these two newcomers and trying to figure out how to pitch them? Yeah, well, you know, batting average is a little misleading. It's more, um, you know, what are you doing damage? And obviously batting average, it, it can be important. Um, both those guys are just good hitters. They have good approaches, and they're pretty level-headed, and that helps you when you're a hitter. You know, they don't let an 0 for 4 get to them too much, and that maturity level allows guys that are just, you know, pure hitters, especially like Casey, you know, kind of that, Zarate mode to be able to handle some failure. Um, but they both have really quick hands too. And if you watch them take BP, that allows them, even if they're off a little bit, because hitters mechanics can get off if they're flying open or whatever they're doing, they still they always have a chance because their hands are in a good spot to hit. Let me I got a question here. Now this is getting inside baseball a little bit. <laughs> Batting average is probably could be one of the most overrated stats but as a coach and as a coaching staff tell me what you're watching and you're looking to consider success that the average fan does not well i mean obviously on base percentage and slugging is going to give you ops 
And even now in the big leagues, that's what they're putting up there. They're not even putting batting average on hitters when they come up to the plate. They're looking at OPS because, you know, it does your 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 own base percentage is factored in with your hits. Where the hits come in is the more hits you get, the more you're going to get on base. So your own base percentage is up. Um, but you know, if you're a guy like Mac who's been struggling a little bit recently, but you're still finding a way to get on base, and when you do get hits, you're getting big hits, and you're hitting doubles or you're hitting home runs, you're still going to be productive, right? So every every hitter to me, you're looking at different things. A guy like Colby Wilkerson is not going to have as high OPS unless his own base percentage is really high because he's not going to hit as many home runs and as many doubles. So a guy like Patrick Alvarez, Colby Wilkerson, they know that their job is to get that on base percentage high um, and obviously to try to, to move the ball with two strikes and that way they'll get more hits. The guys that are having more power, that are walking more, um, you still want them to drive the ball. So for me, I'm just looking at production. Like, okay, how much is the guy getting on base? Um, how much damage is he doing when he when he's at the plate? And then also, you know, how often is he coming around to score and give us a run? You know, that's that's ultimately the thing that we're trying to do. How much is whip important for your pitchers, or is that something you look at? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a valuable thing, and it doesn't lie. I mean, you just look at it and you look across. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to our pitching staff today about. You know, we, we've continued to do better in the walk department. So if we can cut back on the damage where the doubles and the home runs, your whip as a staff is going to dramatically improve, right? That means we just have to make better pitches. And a lot of those doubles and home runs are happening when we're ahead in the count. Um, so we need to work better at, at improving in that area. Uh, you know, I would rather give up. I would rather, if you're looking at a stat sheet, if you've got a million walks, you can be in trouble. Like if you look at our series against Georgia Tech, what's what's interesting is how many more times they walked us. And that's why we won the series, in my opinion, because those those runs score. You know, those free passes, eventually guys are going to get a knock here and there and score. Looking at the lineup, I mean, obviously you made some switches. We talked about that before. Um, last year you had to do it and you sort of got Honeycutt going – What's the thought process when you're deciding to move guys up and down? And, I mean, some guys are much better in certain spots in the lineup. I remember I asked Tomas Frick in the preseason. He batted anywhere from third to ninth last year, and I asked him what he preferred, and he said he didn't care. I don't think that's the same with everybody, but from you as a coach, um, how do you decide – and what personality does it take to be a leadoff guy versus a, a guy that's batting down? Yeah, you have to look at it like, you know, because Casey had not let off. So I had to talk to him about <clears throat> nothing should change as far as your mentality. Just do what you've been doing because you've been getting hits and getting on base. Um, but it is different. And you only lead off technically to start the game, right? And if you look at our season, we haven't been good offensively in the first inning. So that's what I looked at first. Like, okay, look at that. How important is it that Vance is leading off in the whole scheme of things? Um, you know, and, and, and you do, you know, at the end of the day, you want your top five hitters hitting in the top five of the order and, and no, that's just the way it goes. And you figure out where to put those in that order. And then six, seven, eight, nine for me, you know, for the most part, you're trying to do the same thing. You know, your sixth best hitter, your seventh best hitter, your eighth or ninth. And occasionally you might leave that nine hole guy in there like a Colby because he's getting on base for the top. 
Um, but for us, we made the lineup change just to get Vance because Vance drives the ball. And Vance had the least chances with runners in scoring position. So we need to give him more chances with runners in scoring position like we did last year um, because I think his batting average is the one that's the most misleading right now. If you circle one guy that's been hitting the ball well, that's had great at-bats the last three weeks, it's been Vance Honeycutt. He just doesn't have a lot to show for it. Um, and if these other guys are getting on base, Vance is a guy that can hit a double. And he's got some clutch in him, so we're going to try to keep him in that RBI slot. Yeah. Well, one of the things he, Vance has really done a great job of is walking and also in stealing bases. I mean, if you consider that he's 15 of 19 in stolen bases and the two caught stealings happened when he slid through the bag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a little wild. And then, you know, obviously Horvath's 15 of 17. But then how close are, like, say, Holbrook or Wilkerson to having the green light whenever they get on the bag? Wilson's not going to have the green. He's not a speed guy. He's an instinct guy. Mm -hmm. um, Reese has just got, got to get better with knowing when to run, when not to run, and he's got to get better at getting back to first base. You know, he's he's average at that getting back, and that's part of being a great base stealer. So you can have that good lead. Reese is actually better at stealing third, but he has improved. Um, Reese should be a guy over time that has the green light if he is in there. Um, and that's another great thing. If you do have – I went back and looked with Vance hitting – I mean, Horvath hitting second and Vance hitting fourth. Those guys get a little bit of a gap, and, you know, they're both base stealers. Sometimes that can be a good thing that the two base stealers are not hitting back-to-back. -back. We'll see how it plays out, but, that you know, that's a – they're still getting better at stealing, and they need to get better at stealing third base. What – what situ situational hitters, as far as pitch hitting, as far as like a lefty versus righty matchup, what weapons do you have on your bench that you think are the, are the most effective for when you get into that clutch? You need a base hit with the pinch hit moving down. You know, I mean, situation. honestly, your hope is you don't have to do that too often. Right. Um, you know, the better teams we've had here, we have a couple guys off the bench, and yeah, like you know, you're going to utilize them, but you also got nine really good ones. You look at the lineup last year, we weren't pitching for anybody. The only guys that were platooning, maybe Johnny and Stokely. Um, but those two guys right now are in it. But right now it's kind of Stokely and Alvarez, those two guys. Patty's having really good at-bats against lefties. He's having good at-bats overall. Um, and, and Stokely has struggled against left-handed pitchers. So we have that matchup off the bench. And a guy, you know, keep your eye on Reamer. He's going to come up big force. We haven't really been able to get him in because you're, you would have to hit him or somebody right now that we we feel like that person needs to stay in the lineup and have the at bat. But you know, obviously that's leaving Johnny in, that's leaving Alberto in. Um, there's some guys right now you're just not going to hit for no matter how much they're struggling because you believe in them and you believe that they give you the best chance to win that that at bat. All right, you're what. 32 out of 56, you lost a couple games. You're beyond the halfway point. You got Queens coming in, um, who by record is, is not a very good baseball team, but we've seen that that doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> what What is something that we've talked to you now for a couple months? What is something that we're not talking about that people aren't talking about or people aren't noticing about your team um, that they should? Man, I tell you. I would hope that they notice that the guys, like they play 27 outs. 
and that's a good trait. You know, that would that will serve them well. Um, what I mean by that is they're not going to stop playing just because we get punched in the face or because we have a bad inning or because we go down. Um, you know, we've lost – if you look at our ten losses, if we're better at inning seven through nine, as we all know, we're probably having five, four or five losses. So you're hoping you can correct that and guys can step up and we can better in all aspects. It's not just on the mound. You know, it's it's being better with runners in scoring position and, and, and making plays and not giving outs and not making errors. Um, to me, that would be the biggest thing is that if you – like our guys are enjoyable to watch um, because they, they fight. Like they're going to fight the other team. They're going to play 27 outs. You know, we just we, – we had a pretty tough road trip from the standpoint of we went to pit freezing cold we found a way to win that game we're mad we didn't get to play the rest but then we're right back home but then we turn around we fly to another dame um and they showed a lot of resilience in my opinion having to play and we just played 54 innings in six days so if you do the math that's nine innings a day uh and as frustrated as i get as the head coach of not getting those sweeps you know i just remind myself number one how hard it is to win a doubleheader off of three um but the fact that we won the series and we won those two series on the road, uh, which are not easy to do. And we built off of that. And, but that, that's the thing, Tommy, it's just our, it's a, it's a, it's a group that's going to play hard from start to finish. They, they carry themselves the right way. Um, because I know, I mean, we all know what fans are watching. First of all, just like I would as a fan, are you winning? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those traits, I don't think I know those traits, like those toughness traits, those togetherness traits, those representing us well when they're not. Those traits, they matter. And they matter in winning and sustaining success. So that's the thing that that I hope people will notice and talk about and be proud of a team like, okay, that's a group I want to go see. Even if they blow a lead in the eighth inning, I'm going to be mad because I'm a fan. But this group, man, they, they represent University of North Carolina the right way. And they play hard. How much of those seven to nine innings issues, if you want to call them issues, shape what you do um, going forward with your pitching staff? I mean, Dalton Pence was solid. He struggled, um, but he was solid against one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I mean, South Carolina is is tough. Um, Looking ahead against Queens, against Miami this weekend, how does that – how does the pass – yeah, last week, two weeks, shape what's going on on the mound this week. It affects it a lot. Um, you know, that's where I'm thankful I was a pitching coach because now you were at the point of the season where I step back and I look at it, you know, with Coach Gaines, but I look at it, you know, not just from the head coaching lens, from that experience lens of running a pitching staff. Of Okay, we're at that point now where we've learned a lot about different guys, you know, who can have a bad outing like post and really showed us something, right? He, he didn't look good against George Ted. He comes in and gives us a chance to stay in the game. His last pitch is 95. He hadn't shown that velocity. Um, he pitched really well uh, that second game of the doubleheader. But you're going to shrink your pitching staff. It just is what it is. Uh, you, you know, you're going you're to stretch for the most part. You have four games a week. And you're going to try to figure out who those top, seven, eight guys are, and they're going to get the bulk of the innings. And you have to figure out – that's the tricky part. you got to figure out what roles to put them in. Dalton Pence is a great example. Um, you know, you take away that East Carolina outing in the second weekend. If you just take that away, if you, don't, if you did your research and took that game out, he's been pretty dang good. 
and he has proven he's got he's one of our best guys. Unfortunately, we started we had you know we felt like we needed to get him out there in that big environment, see how he did in the starting role. We also know he recovers and can be a great reliever for us. Um, so he can do both, but he's going to be one of our top eight. We got to get him in there, and we got to use him in those innings six through nine, which we couldn't do in Atlanta, you know, because we played Tuesday and we got a double. You know, our plan was to start him Tuesday and have him have the bullpen on Saturday because that's three full days rest. That's why we took him out of South Carolina at 70 pitches. If I'd have known that we were going to play a doubleheader on Friday, I'd have left him in for 110 pitches. Uh, but you got to be ready for the league. But Dalton's a guy that really stands out to me that has taken a big step forward. And, and if you look at Dalton Pinch, look at Kevin Acey, you look at Poston, those are three guys that are starting to show that they can match up against anybody out of the bullpen. And that's three guys. So that's seven, eight, nine, potentially, or even six, seven, eight, nine. Um, and then get, you know, utilizing those guys in the best way with a couple others. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Easter was last weekend. And, you know, we talk about baseball as a, as a game of failure. How do, how do y'all help set up the psychological counseling and or spiritual support for the student athletes? Obviously, you know, I'm sure that you have a multicultural team with different, you know, backgrounds with everyone. But how do you how do you handle that aspect of? Yeah, of you know, that's the neat thing about UNC. We promise every recruit and family you'll get all the support you need here. And it's all here. Um, obviously, from us coaches, we want to support our players. That's first and foremost. They need to know. We care about them as humans and their lives first. Um, but we have, you know, Jenny Shannon is our sports psychologist. She's phenomenal. Terry Joe is our trainer. Dr. Sioka, Dr. Creighton, Coach Gatch, our strength coach. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, we live in a wonderful country, right? So our guys have the freedom to figure out what, you know, spiritually what support they do need. And they know that I want to – give them whatever support in that area. And I'm going to respect whatever their belief system is. Um, and that's the great thing about this country. I can also have what belief system I want. And, uh, you know, that's why Easter to me is the best, the best day of the year. Well, you, you mentioned um, that Grintz was out. How long do you expect him to be out? And are there any other uh, student athletes that aren't available? Due to yeah, him? that's a tough one. You know, he got squared up with the 95 mile hour fastball right in that upper Rev, I don't know which one they called it, but it when Eric Grant's is hurting, you know he's hurt because that is a tough kid, one of the hardest nosed kids on our team. Uh, so it's I knew he wouldn't be to play this past weekend. I'm hoping this week, you know, whether or not he'll be to play this week, I don't know, but I'm hoping the recovery is pretty quick and he'll be able to start swinging the bat this week. Nobody else right now, I think we're all right. We've had some sickness and virus stuff running through the team, but hopefully, we can get over it. Well, like I mentioned earlier, you got Queens on Tuesday night, and then Miami comes. Miami is an interesting, similar record as you guys, but they got swept at Virginia, so they are certainly looking for some wins. Uh, Coach Forbes, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm, I'm glad you guys got finished on Friday, got to get home, and got to have a little bit of normalcy because um, the road trip was rough for you guys, at least from a logistical and weather standpoint. <laughs> Man, it was cold. Um, yeah, Georgia, Tech, Georgia Tech, we it was not cold. It ended up being really hot, actually. We all got smoked with sun, got sunburned, and then we hop on the bus, come back Saturday morning, and it's 42, and it rained the whole way. You yeah. know, I mean, you guys saw it, but we're glad to be back at the Bosch. And, you know, we got this new scoreboard. I'm looking at it right now. 
I'm looking at they're going to crank that thing on today. And we need – this is a big stretch for us. Um, and we need we need those seats full. Uh, we need our, our fans yelling hard for us. You talk about, you know, Queens will be tough. They had East Carolina beat this year. Um, and then Miami. I mean, I, to me, they're one of the most talented teams, not just in our league, but in the country. And I firmly believe this year that if you don't play well – you're going to lose. I mean, it's just the way it is in our conference. You have to play well, and that's why you haven't seen – I mean, that's a big deal for Virginia to sweep Miami like that. Uh, that's not easy to do. Um, but I also feel like here we haven't quite clicked yet, and I'm hoping we'll get that going pretty soon. That is Scott Forbes. That's Matt Clements. I'm Tommy Ashley. It's been This Week in UNC Baseball, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.